Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, CBS Sports NWSL lead writer and analysis. Joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and play-by-play announcer. We're here today with another fun NWSL episode. It's a preview episode. We're going to be giving everybody a rundown of all of this weekend's NWSL matches. And we've got a fun interview with new NWSL Orlando Pride owner Mark Wilf welcoming uh, him into the league, essentially new ownership. So that's always excited whenever we're talking about new things like that in the league. Just a quick reminder for everyone joining us today to please find us on Attacking Third over on Twitter. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I'm ready to get into it. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm ready to jump into it. Love to see new ownership at the helm, especially for Orlando Pride. A bit of turnover there, so we'll get into it a little bit. But uh, stick around, everyone, and listen to that interview with Sandra at the end of this episode. But I'm, I'm good, Sandra. How's your day going? You know, just just happy to be living in the post-Olympic bliss of a regular sleep schedule and pattern <laughs> once again. It's going to be a it's going to be an adjustment, actually, having to to get out of that and just focus on on NWSL, stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to it. And an uh, adjustment, hopefully with a little bit more sleep, maybe a little less caffeine. That's what I'm looking forward to. A little less jittery days. Yeah, like of- it, it, It's one thing to like consume your caffeine and then it's another to ask you to consume it at like incredibly odd hours of the day, which is what we were doing for a little while there. So it'll be back to just hydration breaks and checking in with each other on hydration versus like caffeine checks. Uh, but the soccer isn't quitting. That's for sure. And we is keeping us on our tolls as they always do. We've got several games to go over this weekend. We've got Gotham FC versus North Carolina courage, Washington spirit versus Portland thorns, Old rain versus Houston dash, and then racing Louisville versus Kansas city, Chicago red stars and Orlando pride to close out the weekend. Let's start at the top and maybe talk a little bit about a game and some little bit of news that's happening. Gotham FC versus North Carolina courage. Gotham FC is hosting this courage side, a little bit of news for them. They have announced a new GM in Yael Everbush West and a head of business operations in Kristen Bernard. Uh, Lisa, I know you've got the deets. Why don't you hit us with them? Tell us a little bit about uh, what's going to happen for this club with this two and, and, and the positions that they're in. 
two additions to the Gotham staff in their front office and two females, which you'll love to see it, Sandra. You'll love to see it. It's a big thing there. Um, Yale, she, she's intern GM right now, head of soccer ops. Um, she's from Montclair, New Jersey. So she's actually a local to this Gotham team. And back when they were sky blue, back in 2009, she was their very first ever college draft pick. So it's a it's full circle here, full circle for the club and for her. And then in 2009, she helped them win that WPS championship. So not only was she the first draft pick, she came in with a splash and helped them win it all. She played professionally for the U.S. overseas, over 10 years of professional experience. Um, and then she helped create in 2017 the NWSLPA, the Players Association. She served as the president of that until she retired as a player in 2019. Now she's the chairwoman of the NWSLPA advisory board. So she has her hand in a lot of different places right now. So to get her at leading Gotham FC as the head of soccer ops is really big and really big for them. I know a lot of players are so excited to see a former player who's been in their shoes taking the reins at the head at the head of a club like Gotham, who's had some ups and downs over the last couple of months, um, now hoping to steady out the ship a little bit as they finish out this regular season and looking forward to the future. But I think it's a huge win for them. And based on the credentials, it's I like to see it. I like to see what we have there in Yale Averbush West. You know, I, I think we asked ourselves this question a little bit when we heard uh, some GM news coming out from NWSL San Diego, who were just kind of like, well, what is it going to mean for, for this San Diego expansion side and having a person like Molly Downton as the, as a general manager, because uh, when I think of a general manager, we like the definitions of what that means essentially is what we were talking about. And for me, I'm like, well, what I'm thinking of a general manager, like this is, this is someone in the front office who is tasked with essentially assembling a team, um, doing the work into ensuring that you have the best team put together to compete uh, in all NWSL competitions, whether at this point, if it's going to be a Challenge Cup or uh, a regular season. Um, and then maybe the coaches, obviously the coaches, coaching staff are in place to ensure that all of that happens. <laughs> They're there to get them all through those, those competitions. So I'm a little bit curious uh, in that, you know, I think um, having somebody like, like yeah, Oliver Bush West in, in this type of role, I think is very important. I think she's coming at it with a lot of different experience, having been somebody who has played, you know, on the pitch mm -hmm. and having been someone who has had to advocate for players off of it, quite frankly, um, in her post soccer career here. Um, I don't know where she's going to get the energy or the time because she's, she's also a mother and expecting. So congrats to, to them and, and shout out to our, our other uh, colleague, uh, Aaron West, that they're also expecting. So it's just kind of like, wow, like real superwoman vibes coming in, coming into play. I mean, here, but but that's honestly what you, you really want to see from this position. And I think she can do it as athletes. You have this innate ability to multitask and to time manage. And that's exactly what she is. And you mentioned being a player and advocating for players on the field and now off the field. It's, it, there is a sense. I'm just showing both sides of the coin here that she could get tunnel vision and focus on one thing in particular. I don't think that'll happen though, because she's been in and around clubs at mm. the highest level of this game. So she understands what it's like to have a really good GM uh, overseeing her as a player and, and looking out for not only the best of the team in that moment and that season, but looking for 
the long-term success of a club. So she's seen some really good GMs in her time, over 10 years of professional experience, and probably some bad ones as well that she can learn from. And that's the best way to learn from other people's mistakes. But yeah, a lot I'm, on I'm her already, plate. I'm already impressed. What I'm already impressed by it. I'm already impressed by her ability to, to take on this, this workload uh, and being a, a mama too at the same time. So it's just like very, very impressive. Uh, but in terms of what we could potentially see, on the pitch between these two teams in particular. Uh, we have to talk a little bit maybe about what we could see. Uh, you know, the Olympics coming to a close, players getting back in market. We know for sure that uh, Brazilian players have returned to the leagues are in, are in their respective markets. Uh, and both of these teams, Lisa, are coming off of another week where there's there were narrow 1-1 draws. So these are two teams that are maybe, you know, they're looking to get back into the win column. You know, I would maybe place that emphasis a little bit more on the courage uh, just because of this very interesting Olympic stretch of games that they had. I mean, talk about being way out of your element. This is a Paul Riley side that is used to having this very winning culture. And they did pick up results. And those results were unfortunately splitting po points throughout these stretches of weeks, whether they were on the road or not, um, and not necessarily picking up those wins. Right. So, I would say that maybe the desire, the emphasis to get back in the win column might weigh heavier, feel a little bit heavier as they enter this next half of the season if you're the current side. And I think it's not unfair to say, like, well, maybe perhaps there will be a minute restriction, you know, on any Olympic mm -hmm. players that come back. So I think it'll be really telling to see whether or not somebody like a Dabinia gets a start in this game, how long she goes, if it is a full 90 or if she's coming off the bench. Um what that looks like if it's a, a 30 a 45 minutes a 30 minutes or a 15 minutes like what what does that look like so i'm sure there's a ton of different scenarios here uh for this courage side what what are you going to be looking for maybe from the gotham side in this one lisa it, yeah, well, you mentioned it, that North Carolina needs to get back on the winning side of this season, and hopefully we'll see that a little more fire. Um, I do think we'll see Dabinia. We don't know that for sure. This is just me speculating, but I think she'll get time. But you do have to manage the mental side of the game as well as the physical exhaustion side for these players returning from the Olympics. And when I take a look at Gotham and, and what they have, they're unbeaten in their last five games, which is really big. They are coming off that 1-1 draw against Houston, but they've, they're on track to do good things in this regular season. They're sitting at number two right now, just behind uh, Portland Thorns at the top. They have 20 points. They're tied with Chicago. So a win or even splitting points in a tie here would help them in the standings just to get that one extra point. We're, we're, we're kind of nearing the end of this regular season, not the end of it, but the ending portion of it, the final fourth or the final third of this regular season. So points mean more now than they have ever before in the season. And for a team like Gotham to continue on their defensive streak of not allowing a lot of goals and not conceding a lot, they have seven goals against on this season. They're tied for first with Portland in goals against. So if they can keep the defensive shape and stay really tight defensively, I think they could cause trouble to North Carolina. Um, we know North Carolina and their midfield unit, and especially if Dabinia's back in that box, could cause issues. They have A-Rod, who's been playing a full 90 minutes last week. She'll probably continue to do that moving forward. 
So the midfield battle between North Carolina and Gotham is huge for, for Gotham. They have Ali Long and McCall Zerboni who have been finding more of a rhythm. It's They have ups and downs throughout their games. And if they could play a complete 90-minute game or even a 70-minute, 60-minute game in that midfield unit where they're combining and, and pushing forward into the attack, it could cause a lot of trouble. Um, we're doing predictions, Andrew, right? We have to. Why not? I always have a blast when we do them. Uh, and I love that when we do them, we can come back in the recap and expose ourselves. <laughs> Call each other out. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. So I think this will be tight. I really do. Um, I, well, no, I don't know. Now now I'm in my head. Okay. You're in your I, head. I, you build it I'm up. in my head. You I overthought it, it too much. I So I write down my predictions usually before we record. And then as we're talking about it, I change them because I just, I want to be right. And I want to win on my predictions. I hear you. I okay. So that. I think both teams will score. But I think it'll be 2-1 Gotham in the end. Yeah, I can I could see I that. I just Onomano has been finding her pace and her consistency up top. She's had really good looks and she's starting to finish them. I think she could do some something dangerous against the courage. I don't know. I think this one might actually be a draw. I really do. I think well, these teams are gonna come in and they're gonna want it real, real bad, and it's just gonna end up evening itself <laughs> out. It's just gonna cancel each other out, man. I really do think so. I, I think they could kick things off uh, with a draw on this one. I would love to see an actual result because who who wants to <laughs> stick around for for, for ties? Um, but I, I think this one actually might might end up as such. So I'm, I'm going to go with the draw in this one. Let's okay, well, that, that'll be Gotham's, what is that, like their fourth <laughs> draw in five games? I mean, so, hey. It could I happen. At, I think at this point, is they're entering the second half, it really is about just like not leaving any points on the table. You know, we're as yeah. we look ahead maybe to this next match, um, to sort of continue this weekend of games when we have Washington Spirit versus Portland Thorns. Um, you know, you're having a, a Washington Spirit side that just came off of a 3 1 loss against Chicago, and not only is it a 3 1 loss against Chicago, you know, it is their fine, it was their final regular season uh fixture with with. Chicago. So when it comes down to, you know, those final points and this, this table is still very narrow. And at that final week of the season, those tiebreakers are going to come into play. And they lost that against Chicago because the first tiebreaker is head to head. Um, So we're looking at this Portland Thorns team on the other side, and they're coming off of another win. This is Mm -hmm. a team that had an excellent Olympic stretch of the season showing off their depths and every the team line. that lost the most amount of players to the Olympics has done the best in this every, Olympic stretch. Every single line showed up uh, for this team over the Olympics. And it really is, I think uh, a testament to this, this team and how the, uh, you know, Mark head coach, Mark Parsons and how they ended up building out this team over the last two years specifically, um, because this is a Portland Thorns, franchise that typically in the past when there have been international cycles their teams have struggled a little bit during these international windows and here they are in 2021 losing a ton of olympians for lengthy amounts of times because they had their you know their their canadians and and christine sinclair their u.s national women's team players gone for lengthier amounts of time and it just 
did not seem to phase them in the results table. They, if anything, they widened the lead of their first place standing. So when we're looking at these two teams, this is the Washington side that, yes, they're coming off of a, a loss, but they didn't have a, a tragic Olympic stretch themselves. What are you looking for out of this performance between these two teams, Lisa, and who do you think, what's going to be your pick for this one? You know, Washington coming off of that loss, I think they have some hunger in them to get back and get points back. Like you mentioned, a tie, you still get a point in in this case in this regular season. However, for Portland, they have scored the most amount of goals and they've conceded the least amount of goals. So they're on fire. Like we just talked about, they've continued to grow and to improve throughout this Olympic stretch, just proving how deep their bench is. They're finishing their chances in the first half of the game and then closing it out in the second half. They're not waiting a a long amount of time to get into the game, uh, which I don't think Washington does either by any means. They, They tend to come out on the front foot and Washington, their front line of players is a big test against a Portland back line players like Ashley Hatch, Trinity Rodman, Ashley Sanchez, um, but but then you take a look at experience and Ashley Hatch is younger player Trinity Rodman who we've seen her get frustrated in that Chicago game and and get a yellow card pulled against her going up against a team like Portland Thorns who is so experienced and so mature I could see them keying in on a player like Trinity Rodman and just trying to frustrate her Um, Angela Salem for the Thorns has been tremendous in the midfield and Bella Bigsby uh, has come up with huge huge saves in goal so this matchup is big and Portland doesn't have too much to lose They're at the top of the table with a five point lead. So they're not going to lose that this week, but this is a chance for them to really create more separation in the standings. If they can get even just one point off of Washington. Um, Another player I want to touch on for Portland Thorne, Sophia Smith. She wasn't on the score sheet last week, but she is growing as a player. Every single time she steps on the field, she's contributing. She wasn't on the score sheet last week. However, she was instrumental in both of the goals that happened for Portland. Um, I, her impact is so crucial and, and critical for this Portland team. I I want a goal from her this week. I think we could get one from her. Um, but I think Bella Bigsby is going to have to make some big saves for Portland in goal that Washington just has an attack that could break down Portland's side. It's, this one will be a really good one. This yeah. this will be a really good game. Yeah, I think this was going to be one of the more exciting games of the weekend uh, for sure. And and these are the two teams that we've been talking about closing out these Olympic games. But, you know, these are still two teams that probably aren't going to get their, you know, their Olympians back for for a little a little while, at, at least, even though the Olympics uh, have concluded. But, um, you know, I, I, I got to say, I, I think even though the spirit are going to be the home side in this one, mm-hmm. I think they they have a little trouble sometimes when it comes to um that kind of pitch that they're playing on. Uh, they've been splitting their time between a number of different facilities. We've seen them have games, uh, you know, out, out at uh, Audi Field. We've seen them have have games uh, taking place at uh, at Segra. And this is where that match is going to take place. So the turf kind of, it kind of comes into play sometimes. And it's it can it can play on your mind a little bit. And it's not... Uh, it's not it's, good turf. <laughs> it's not an easy commute either. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know how much of a home advantage that they're going to have uh, within within this game. So uh, 
I think in terms of picks, I I, I got to go. I think it would be dumb of us to like not go with the hot team. And I, I got to stay with Portland in this one. And I think they're going to get the win, even if, it, even if it could possibly be a narrow win. I agree. I think Portland will come out on top. They just have too much star power in their attack right now. And, and they're building every game they get better. Um, and their consistency is improving for longer stretches of times, which is huge. And, and Angela Salem and Bella Bigsby, Sophia Smith, they're players that have consistently been putting the team on their back and, and getting forward and, contributing a lot to success of this team on both sides of the ball. I agree with you. I think Portland will remain on top. And, and we also have to mention uh, Mark Parsons, Um, his family now left They're They're gone. They're in England. So the team really will rally around him as a coach and, and try to get this win for him. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Keep, keep it, keep this one marked everyone and, and see, see if we're correct. Uh, well, if Washington comes out with the win, we'll definitely have to take a deeper dive uh, on the recap of everything. Uh, but when is this one, one happening? When is this one Washington and Portland? It's Saturday at seven thirty PM Eastern. Yeah, that's it. It's a good, it's a good, yeah. nice game. You know, get, get your early dinner in, you know, settle in and, uh, and taking, and taking this, this match uh, for sure. Uh, we've got, OL Rain versus Houston Dash sort of close out the triple header here. And uh, we've got OL Rain coming off of a, a nice 2 0 win over Racing Louisville FC. And Houston Dash uh, were the other side of that 1 1 draw against Gotham. Again, uh, another team that's maybe starting to figure some things out in OL Rain. Uh, we've, we've started to see this team put together results that I think, quite frankly, a lot of us were waiting to see. Um, in terms of the performances from individual talents that they have across their roster. Um, watching somebody like uh, Jennifer Marlson finally get a little bit more comfortable uh, in play with the midfield alongside somebody like uh, a Jess Fishlock or a Sofia Huerta, a veteran of this league, and uh, really start to kind of pull the string, similar to where we would see her with her club over in uh, Olympic Lyon. So, uh they've been getting some stronger performances and actually getting results and actually getting some goals <laughs> and by extension, getting some wins. Uh, and then this other side of things, we've got the Houston dash who have, uh, were in a similar situation. I think kind of a team, like when we're looking at the team, like uh, Washington spirit, they were in a similar position where they lost some, some key players um, within their roster. And it wasn't just these sort of United States national team players. You know, they were talking about uh, Canadian internationals who, you know, have a big part in this Houston Dash team, this new look era of the Dash, somebody like a Sophie uh, Smith or uh, Elisa Chapman out on, on the, the wing for them. So when I'm looking at this match, Lisa, I think of the three of these, I think I'm feeling kind of similarly to Gotham in North Carolina, where I'm not too sure where to go in this particular preview. Like, what are you going to be looking for in the head to head between these two teams? Well, Houston and OL Rain met back July 3rd. Um, Houston won that 2 0. That was a really good game. And that was a reminder for everyone. Jasmine Spencer, who is now with the Houston Dash, formerly with OL Rain, that was her first game for the Dash against OL Rain. And she played phenomenally. She had a goal. It was a beautiful through ball from Shea Groom through the back line, splitting the center backs of OL Rain and Spencer just running onto it and finishing it so clinically. She had a really good game in that matchup. And I think going up against your former team in OL Rain, 
gives does that to you. It changes the energy. It changes the vibes for you as a player. So I could see Jasmine Spencer um, finding a bit of a groove again in this matchup against her former team and her former players. Now, that being said, OL Reign, they're coming off a 2-0 win over Louisville. Le Sommer, um, chef's kiss she is finding her stride and getting into her rhythm with this new team the players that they've brought in ol rain over the last few few weeks and few months are finally clicking and they're finally catching a rhythm together uh, amongst themselves and then with the team and the team also with the new players that have came in it's a three-way connection that has finally finally found the dots together and and made that connection um three three points with a win could take all rain from 16 to 19 but it has to start immediately i think the first 10 minutes of this match are really going to dictate what happens throughout the the rest of the 80 minutes of this game um the front three for OL Reign with Le Sommer, Ziara King, Sofia Huerta, if they can be constantly moving around, rotating among amongst Houston's back line, creating space, not just for Le Sommer, because I, I imagine Houston will key in on her because she has been so dangerous and finding her stride, which will allow freedom and more space for Sofia Huerta and Ziara King to get in behind and send crosses in. Um, Ziara King, another player that has been finding herself and finding open moments in the game to get shots off. Um, it, but this, this game is going, I, I see similar vibes to the Gotham, North Carolina. I do. So I understand where you're coming from. Um, but for Houston, they're coming off a tie themselves. Um, it, and they've shown over the last few weeks that they take a little bit to settle into a game. Um, their first, when the first whistle blows, it, they're not all ready yet to play. And that's where I think OL Rain could set the tone for this game. Um, so I'm going to lean in the direction of OL Rain and, and favor them just a little bit, only because Houston is still trying to be as cohesive as they can be. And OL Rain is higher than them on that cohesion scale right now. Yeah, I think the Houston Dash have a couple things going for them. You know, they've got a pretty good back line going mm -hmm. for them, you know, even in losing some pieces over this stretch of the season, uh, their center back duo is pretty strong and um, they've got somebody like Shea Groom still kind of causing some fits <laughs> in the midfield. Um, and, you know, I would like to see Jasmine Spencer, finally get one for go this off. one. I mean, she's I want been, her to go off. <laughs> she's been covering a lot of ground for this team over this Olympic stretch of the schedule, but we just, you know, really haven't seen her on the score sheet. And that's just really, really just the missing piece uh, for this player. And, and I honestly, I would, I would like to see it come into play for her, you know, before, before this Olympic stretch does you know, finish for this team because when yeah, you get this is her time, when you get these players back, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of uncertainties about what the starting lineup will look moving forward. You know, when you get these players back, when you're talking about a Christy Mewis or, or a Rachel, you know, daily who, you know, we're going to take a look and see where some of these internationals, they might be getting some of this time, you know, back in the NWSL starting this weekend, um, or even somebody like, a you know, Nichelle Prince. So it's just, this is the time. So you want to, you want to still make your case to stay relevant 
in these uh, in these game day lineups in some capacity, whether it is in that starting lineup or as that kind of super sub game changer off the bench. You know, you want to be that next person up. You don't want to be that fifth or sixth option, you know, going. So I would love to see a, a big game from Jasmine Spencer as well. So uh, I don't know if this one will end in a draw, even though that's the vibes it's giving, giving me. I do think this one will end in a result, but I, I'm also going to go with the home side in this one. I got to give the advantage. I think you don't come into Jess Fishlock's house and walk away unscathed. And I think uh, Oral Rain's going to take this one as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think Oel Rain will come out on top. But you make such a good point about the window of opportunity for these players closing and really shutting entirely after this Olympic stretch. This was their chance to make make a statement and make themselves known. And I think that one more game, one more game for Houston Dash um, and players will find themselves, but it might be too little too late. I, I give the favor to Oel Rain as well. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Again, this is another one where we're both choosing the one team, so we'll see how it, how it plays out for sure. Uh, we've been doing it all Olympics. We're going to keep it going. Lisa, we got to take that hydration break really, really quickly. So cheers to you, buddy. Clank. And cheers, we will, be, we will be back to uh, recap or, excuse me, preview the remaining games. Feeling hydrated. Ready to close out this preview of games <laughs> for NWSL. You know what? No one's ever trying to be disrespectful here on this show, but we just got to call it like it is. We've got racing Louisville FC versus Kansas city NWSL in a bottom table clash. Lisa, that is what is happening. You're spitting facts, Sandra. It's only that facts is here. What's happening with these two teams. And honestly, Lisa, when that, when that comes into play, it could provide some real entertaining moments. Uh, you know, there's a separation between these two teams and the points for sure. Uh, but in terms of uh, the standings, not, not so much. So, when we're looking at this one, we're looking at a racing Louisville FC side where quite frankly, I think when we were previewing this Olympic stretch for NWSL, we were looking for this, this Louisville side to maybe try to have a couple of statement games here and there um, with a lot of these other teams kind of having what could be considered depleted rosters. Um, And really we just didn't see that coming out uh, from, from this racing side. We continued to see, uh, you know, players with some strong individual performances, right? We've been talking a lot about Emily uh, Emily Fox uh, for this team. And uh, on the Kansas City side of things, we've been looking a lot at their veterans, you know, somebody like a Kristen Edmonds or, or the return of a Lola Bata to the lineup after having to go through so many injuries. Uh, but what are you going to be looking for in a match like this, Lisa, uh, as these two teams go head to head? Yeah, you mentioned bottom of the table, which it is, but that could make it so much more entertaining (laughs) between these two teams. Uh, We talked a little bit about it, Sandra, you and I, about this KC team. Um, They're coming off a big loss to Portland, uh, which isn't surprising. We mentioned Portland powerhouse right now. They're going to win this week, we both predicted. Um, So that can't deter a team like Kansas City too much. However, they have some firepower up top. They have Jenkins, Hamilton, Mace. They're dangerous, and they can provide a lot of different looks. This is the the week for Kansas City. I'm putting out the good mojo. I just want to see a win from them this season. I, I do. I'm... I'm showing my favoritism right now only because they don't have one. And I kind of feel bad for them. I do. They, they are aggressive and they can attack and they have new players up top now after their trade a few weeks ago that are getting into hitting their stride a little bit and understanding how Kansas city wants to play. Um, This could be their chance to win going up against a team like 
Louisville. And that's not to say anything bad about Louisville because they're very good. Um, they have Nadia Nadim, who is the power of her presence in the attack for racing has proven itself. Um, she, they outshot Louisville outshot OL rain last week, 17 to 10. And Nadim had four of those shots. So she is a key, key factor in this attack. She draws defenders centrally when she's in the, the middle of the park there, which allows the space out wide for not only the attackers like CC Kaiser, but also players like Emily Fox to, to move up the flank because opponents are so consumed with, Nadia Nadim in the middle of the field um, and Louisville can easily break lines with their really intense and critical passing. Savannah McCaskill is so good at that, finding just a little bit of gap and, and putting a ball right on a dime to a teammate. Um, but in Kansas City, their defense can leave gaps in the back. So that's a really good place for Louisville to exploit. But Kansas City, this is your chance to get a win only because you're coming off a big loss to Portland. So you just face the biggest giant in this league right now. That is the thorns. You've proven that you can hold them to two goals, which is pretty good against a Portland squad. Like we saw, you need to be aggressive. You need to attack with a lot of force and be really smart in how you attack. Don't, do the same thing every time down the field, but read your opponents, read Louisville and understand where they're defending, where they're leaving the holes and then exploit those spaces that are being left wide open. Sandra, this is the chance for Kansas city. I, I want them to get a win on this season. And I only think this is it because it's before, well, it's right after the Olympic stretch and, and this is it. Now's the chance. Now's yeah. the chance. I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think we're getting <laughs> I think you and I are also getting to a point in this season as we continue our previewing and recapping of this league where we look at a team like Kansas City and WSL, we take a glance at who their competition is that week and we like are gonna just start simply picking them because we want them to get <laughs> a win. We wanna recap manifestation. <laughs> yeah, we wanna manifest it. We wanna we wanna recap a uh, a Kansas City win. So I'm I'm gonna go with you as well. I'm gonna say that this is also gonna be the week for Kansas City that they're gonna get a win against racing and uh we'll see. Hopefully we'll be able to chat about that in the recap portion of uh, the episode next week. But to close out this preview of games, we've got Chicago Red Stars against Orlando Pride, it's going to be a hot one here locally around the Chicagoland area. Let me tell you, it's going to be some hot and humid, big August vibes in the city of Chicago, uh, just to set the scene for everybody in this one. Um, but we don't got, worry, Rory Dames will still be wearing his long sleeves. It's his, <laughs> hey, he stays on brand. You gotta, you gotta appreciate that. Uh, Chicago coming off of that big three-one win against Washington Spirit and uh, doing it on goals created, uh, not own goals forced. And Orlando Pride coming off of that one-one uh, draw against against the Courage, uh, possibly could see uh, some time from from Marta in this one. She's a player that can always uh, create some problems for the opposition. Um, but I'm I'm not too sure in this one either. I think Orlando Pride is a team that has struggled uh, over the Olympic portion of, of their schedule. Uh, they came out really hot to open the regular season. They went on a, you know, seven-game undefeated streak, and now they're on a multi-game uh, winless streak. And that's not necessarily the type of streak that you want to have when you're starting off your season um, so strong. So uh, this is another team. They're not necessarily bottom of the table, but they're absolutely a team that are hungry for not just the result, but really a win. 
quite frankly. And they're starting to get uh, some more pieces back in the mix. Uh, we've seen Marissa Vigiano get some more consistent time with this Orlando Pride team. Uh, we've heard a lot of the reaction from the vet, more veteran Pride players about interim head coach Becky Burley. So there's there's a, a different energy surrounding this Orlando Pride team as they enter this match day with a Chicago Red Stars team that is coming off of a, a really strong July where they picked up three, three wins. So um, I think in this one, we have to take a look at maybe those, those individual battles on the pitch. Lisa, what are you going to be looking at in this game? Yeah. Individual battles will be huge. And a lot of things you just, you did touch on is Chicago there. They're good right now. They've won four of their last five games. This is the exact place that Rory Dames wants to be at this point in the season, collecting points and, and shoving teams aside as they make their way to the top. Chicago sits number three right now in the standings and Orlando pride number seven. So Orlando needs this win. Um, you mentioned a lot of positive feedback from the veterans on this pride squad uh, in regards to interim head coach, Becky Burley. Uh, she had her coaching debut last week. Um, and they took points off North Carolina with her at the helm. But again, they only had like two days of training with her before they played that game. And Burley decided to switch up the whole formation that Orlando goes with. And it kind of worked. They, they went from a four back to a three back with Allie Krieger, Amy Turner and Phoebe McLernan in the back. Now, Orlando Pride has had seven or eight days of training uh, to practice that three back formation. I think they could be pretty good at it. I mean, she understands the personnel and the opponents they're going against. Um, so again, they could switch it because Chicago does have such big firepower up top with Watt and Pew. Um, even Rachel Hill has really been implementing her game on opponents. So I could see a switch again for Orlando if they go back to a four back, but either way, they've had more time with their head coach. So they understand more of what they they can do under her and what she's looking for as their head coach. Um, and because they are pleased with her already after their first game, that they want to make her happy and they want to do right by her and what she's coaching them up to do. And of course, if Marta is back in, in purple, that changes the game for things. Of course, I could see limited minutes here as well. We talked about it with Davinia and North Carolina. So I could see Marta not playing a full 90. Uh, we don't know where she'll slot in. If if she will get the dart or she'll, or she'll come in off the bench. But this will be a really good game. Um, I, I Prediction-wise, I think I might give it to Chicago. I think it'll be narrow. But because of the way Chicago, Chicago has been consistently playing over the last few weeks and getting bigger and better, they're not so focused about who they're playing. They're more focused on themselves getting better and their combination play. And the fact that they're now scoring goals and Mal Pugh is such, such a threat up top. I think that Chicago could squeak out this win. Sandra, do you have your, your prediction ready? You know, I appreciate it always when you go my hometown route. I'm always I don't, I don't want to do it just because I know it'll make you so happy and like you have to go Chicago. Well, you don't have to, but I, mean, I just I feel this one in my heart. I I I'll take it where I can get it because you know what, Lisa, this week I actually think they might get a draw in this one. I'm not gonna go win or lose. I actually think this weekend is gonna echo last weekend. I think they might kick off with a draw and I think it might close out with a draw as well um between these two teams. I think Orlando Pride is 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 maybe turning the tides a little bit in terms of what they've got uh going for them 
on the other side of thing. I think at this point, um, they lost a lot of ground, quite frankly, during this Olympic stretch. And I think now is going to be this next push to where they're going to try to regain some of that momentum. Um, who knows if, if they've lost too much ground to where they could still kind of uh, compete for one of those maybe middle spots of the table. Um, but they're certainly going to try, and it's certainly going to be exciting, and it's certainly going to be capable with with somebody like Martha back in the mix and somebody like Cindy LaRue, quite frankly, having the season that she's having. But I think now's a good time to let everybody take a listen to this uh, quick interview that we had with the newest owner of the uh, Orlando City and Orlando Pride franchises and Mark Wilf. He sat down. Uh, with me to to field a few questions and he has a lot of enthusiasm for this Orlando Pride team and he also has a special message for uh, Orlando uh, Pride fans as well as uh, they introduce this sort of new era for the team so enjoy this always exciting when there's some new NWSL news to chat about and it's a big one new ownership welcome to the league Um, I guess just to start us off I wanted to ask you just First impressions of uh, Orlando Pride, perhaps upon the early stages of uh, pursuing this new ownership venture. Well, very excited about our acquisition of the Orlando Pride, and it was really a big part of uh, our excitement, uh, being part of the growth of women's soccer. We're, we're, we're believers and uh, just love everything about the Pride, love watching them, love, love the team. Uh, Amanda Duffy does a great job uh, uh, leading our club and now Coach Becky on board. Uh, as our interim coach this season. So we're excited about taking it on mid-season. We're in the midst of the NWSL uh, uh, battle for supremacy here, and uh, it's been very exciting. Yeah, the club got off to a, an excellent start to the season. It's It's been pretty thrilling to cover on our side of things. Um, and I know that the, the front office over there is, is very experienced, and they're a great resource for you. Um, and the club, but it, it, I'm sure you've also heard, you know, from them maybe some of the challenges that come with uh, seeing the women's side of the game. So, in terms of of those challenges, you know, within women's soccer as a whole, what what do you personally hope to bring to the club, perhaps to to close those gaps? Well, uh, there there are a few aspects. There's certainly short term and long term. Uh, short term things like making sure uh, some basics are really upgraded whether it be security or staffing or, or field conditions, uh, things that can be quick fixes. Uh, we're in the process of doing them as we speak. So uh, they're partly symbolic, but they're also very real, upgrading the locker areas, things like that. Uh, long term, it's about investing in the sport, investing in the NWSL, inv- investing in the pride, uh, making sure that our players, and in fact, uh, I went over this morning to the facility, got to meet uh, Coach Becky and the entire team and uh, really told them what I'm telling you is that we believe in women's soccer. We want uh, women's soccer to get to a place where uh, women athletes and empowerment is very much a part uh, of the world going forward and uh, we want to be supportive of that any way possible. So there's some short-term and long-term goals to this. You know, I, I'm, I'm a soccer dad. In fact, my daughter was a goalie, so I know firsthand the uh, the trials and tribulations of, of, of soccer and women's soccer particularly. So uh, we're here to support and be helpful any way we can. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. So there's, the, the league is, is still ongoing right now. They didn't take a break during this Olympic portion of the schedule, but there has been uh, the Olympic Games kicking off at really crazy hours uh, of the day. Uh, have you and your daughter been taking in some of these games at all on these crazy time zones? Yes, a little bit of the game, you know, uh, following following all our athletes on, on, 
on various uh, Olympic teams. Uh, obviously disappointing, uh, not where we wanted to go, the U.S. team, but uh, proud of all the athletes that are Olympians. That's a, it's a great, uh, uh, great to watch, great to see the competition. And I said, uh, as I've said previously, this is, uh, it's just great to see it adding to the fuel, the excitement of women's soccer. It happens every four years with Olympics and World Cup and all the rest. Hopefully, the NWSL will be a regular drumbeat of continuing that uh, that energy. Yeah, for sure. That that post tournament bump is always uh, is always helpful for for awareness. Um, in terms of both the clubs, actually, uh, they're still technically cons- in their respective leagues. They're still kind of considered newer teams in their league. So, what what do you sort of see as uh, as the next steps for for success in terms of the Orlando Pride? Well, there are a lot of areas. One I'd like to mention is, is youth soccer. Uh, our academies for on, on the on the men's side, uh, we we need to invest significantly more. I know we have uh, I think two two age groups, but we need to have significantly more. We need to ramp up to be equivalent to other teams. And on the women's side as well, I'd say similarly, uh, we want to figure out that whole landscape of youth soccer. I know a lot of young girls that play the game, and uh, we want to give them an opportunity to aspire to something too. So uh, still learning a lot uh, on that front. Uh, but again, we want to grow the game of soccer, and that, that's a big part of it. Of course, there's all the other aspects, uh, being part of the community. Uh, some of our most recognizable athletes in Orlando are our women's soccer team, and we want to make sure that we, uh, that they, as we already have, but to build on the great community involvement too. You know, uh, there's always... Um there's always a bit of uh, unknown, right, in this in this new introduction of uh, introduction of any time there's ownership involved. So, in terms of uh, maybe any fan apprehensions for whatever reasons, uh, what would you personally like your message to be to to the the Pride fans in this next era for the club? Well, I, I think for and I've gotten to meet some of the most passionate uh, uh, Pride fans, and I know they care a lot as as if any fan would about winning and I want them to know that as ownership, uh, myself and our entire ownership is very committed to investing what we can resource-wise to make sure we have championships. And that's one of our goals. And fans should know not only we're gonna have championships, but also have the kind of players that the community can be proud of both on and off the field. That's important to us as well. So that combination hopefully will energize fans. We would love to see our fans, uh, particularly Pride fans, come out to the games. Those that have never been to a game, come out. It's a lot of fun. And uh, those are my messages. Excellent. I think maybe just to, to close out and piggyback off of that, over the last uh, few seasons in particular, there's always been this discussion about uh, culture and building a culture specifically for this Orlando Pride team. What, what would you like to, to see that, uh, that culture be for, for Orlando Pride? Well, the, the culture is, of course, to uh, a winning culture, a, a first-class experience all the way around. And I'd love to hear from fans or people watching if there are things they care about or feel strongly about. They should communicate to us, to me, any way uh, they can. We're watching, we're hearing their messages, and we'll take that feedback, too, because we want to grow the game, but we also want to make sure that we are stewards of this club, which really, in, in a lot of senses, belongs in to the community and to the fans. So uh, open to hear feedback, uh, hopefully get things elevated every year. The league, and NWSL is only nine years old, so a young league, and uh, we're going to do our part as ownership to invest to help grow the game and the league. 
sounds exciting. I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to continue covering it. Uh, Margo, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Here's to more chats in the future. <laughs> thank you so much. Vamos Orlando. Thank you so much for taking a listen to this whole episode, getting a preview of all of the upcoming weekend's matches. Uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh, we will be back on Monday for a recap of the weekend. Lisa, we're just, we're, it's back to just NWSL vibes all this way out, uh, closing out the remainder of the year. There's going to be some special little uh, episodes and content that we've got coming out, but uh, I'm excited to, uh, to cuddle it's, up. It's <laughs> to cuddle never up just NWSL stuff. We always have things up our sleeves for our listeners. But yes, uh, we're slowing down or at least sleeping a little bit more, which feels like we're slowing down. So thank goodness for that. Thank goodness, indeed. Everybody, thank you for listening. I just wanted to give you a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast we're also available as video so please subscribe to us on youtube just visit youtube.com slash attacking third and we will be back with an nwsl recap on monday for you all for sandra Herrera and lisa roman this was attacking third <laughs> <laughs>